0: Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Earlier in the month of May, I started a personal study of the miracles performed by Elisha, who was the follower of the great prophet Elijah. Elisha requested a double portion of the miracles of Elijah as Elijah was translated to heaven and his request was granted. In the book of 2 Kings, Elisha performed 32 distinct miracles. A miracle also occurred after Elisha's death when a dead man was restored to life when he was tossed into the tomb of Elisha. The following list comes from the Degg's Annotated Bible on page 708, and it is a list of the 32 miracles that were performed by Elisha. Number one, drying up of the Jordan River. Number two, healing of the waters. Number three, bears from the woods. Number four, waters filling ditches without rain. Number five, defeat of the Moabites. Number six, optical illusions. Number seven, increase of widow's oil. Number eight, barrenness healed. Number nine, resurrection of a boy. Number 10, pottage healed. Number eleven, bread multiplied for one hundred men. Number twelve, leprosy of Naaman healed. Number thirteen, the discernment of Gehazi. Number fourteen, leprosy of Naaman given to Gehazi. Number fifteen, making iron to swim. Sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, revealing war secrets. Number nineteen, eyes of the servant opened. Number 20, blinding of the Syrian army. Number 21, capture of the whole Syrian army. Number 22, healing the Syrian army of blindness. Number 23, foreknowing the king's acts. Numbers 24 and 25, miraculous utterances. Number 26, confusion of the Syrians. Number 27, seven years of famine. Number 28, Miraculous Utterances, 29 Miraculous Utterances, 30 Miraculous Utterances, 31 Miraculous Utterances, and 32 Miraculous Utterances. Over the next few weeks, the focus of the podcast will be upon this list of miracles from the study of Elisha we will first look at the servant of Elisha, whose name is Gehazi. Now, Gehazi's story is explicitly related to several of Elisha's miracles, although he was probably a player in several others. His involvement will become apparent as we analyze the miracles. I pray that we will all gain enlightenment and respect for the power of God in the life of a holy man as we research the actions of the great prophet Elisha. We're going to begin with lesson number one, which is entitled Gehazi, a man who lost everything because of greed. Gehazi was a man who was the personal servant of the prophet Elisha. He traveled with him, and the prophet relied upon him. Gehazi was even received as an honored guest in the home of a rich woman, the Shunammite, simply because he was with the holy man of God. When the Shunammite provided food and a place to stay for Elisha whenever he passed near her, Elisha said to the Shunammite in Second Kings 4 and 13, Behold, thou hast been careful for us. With all this care. So that lets us know that the care that was provided was not just for Elisha, it was also for Gehazi. The respect and provision for the man of God included his servant. Gehazi served as a mouthpiece for Elijah when he was directed to do so. For example, in the scriptures, when Elisha wanted to bless the Shunammite, he told Gehazi to speak to her. The 12th verse called the Shunammite. When the Shunammite declined all offers from Elisha as a reward for her hospitality, Gehazi suggested that she be given a child. By the way, have you noticed that when God really wants to bless your life, he blesses you with people? Elisha trusted Gehazi's judgment because he asked his opinion concerning what might be an appropriate gift. And Gehazi must have been a wise man because he observed that the woman's husband was old and that the Shunammite was childless. Elisha considered Gehazi's suggestions perfect because he called the Shunammite a second time and prophesied that she would have a child within nine months. Also, note that God honored the prophet's words. As the story goes, that prophecy came to pass and a child was born, just as Elisha stated. Unfortunately, years later, the child died. The Shunammite dashed to Elisha to tell him of her predicament. When Elisha saw her approaching him hastily, he sent Gehazi ahead to ask her if all was well. When the Shunammite reached Elisha, she fell to the ground and grabbed him by the feet. It was Gehazi who removed her hands from Elisha's feet. Elisha trusted Gehazi so well that when he discovered that the Shunammite's child was dead, he sent him with his staff to attempt to resurrect him. However, it was not until Elisha went himself that the child was raised from the dead. On another occasion, in the 8th chapter of 2 Kings, Gehazi is sitting and talking with King Jehoram about the miracles of Elisha. He must have been viewed as an upstanding man because not everyone gets to sit and talk to kings. While Gehazi spoke to the king, the Shunammite woman suddenly appeared. Elisha had advised her to go to another country due to an upcoming seven years of drought. She obeyed Elisha, went away for the famine, and was now returning to reclaim her land. As a result of Gehazi's testimony, the Shunammite was able to reclaim her land with profit from rental for the time that she was gone. Now, this story is not told until the eighth chapter of 2 Kings, but the events some feel actually occurred earlier in the book. And then the downturn in events for Gehazi occurred. Gehazi was riding high for a long stretch, but he messed up and he missed out. His downfall had to do with the man Naaman, who we learn about in the fifth chapter of Second Kings. Naaman was captain of the host of the king of Syria, but he was also afflicted with leprosy. When he learned that a prophet named Elisha could cause him to be healed, he took the equivalent of $77,370 in money and goods to pay his quote-unquote doctor bill, and went and found Elisha. Now, Elisha, being the true man of God, refused to take any money for God's miracle. After Naaman was healed, Elisha blessed him and sent him on his way. Naaman was genuinely grateful, and his attitude towards the Almighty God was changed for the good. The story should have ended at this point, and it probably would have were it not for the greed of Gehazi. Despite a long standing relationship with the Holy Man of God, and seeing and being involved in many of Elisha's miracles, and showing faithfulness towards the Holy Man, Gehazi apparently forgot who Elisha really was, because here's what he did. Gehazi ran after Naaman and lied, claiming to Naaman that Elisha had changed his mind. He collected the equivalent of $3,840 in today's terms and two outfits and went home and he hid them. But that great prophet Elisha saw what Gehazi did and bestowed Elisha's 14th miracle upon Gehazi. Here's what happened. The leprosy of Naaman jumped upon Gehazi. That tells us that not all miracles are positive and to be desired. In the 27th verse of the 5th chapter, we learned that not only did Gehazi get this awful disease, but it was also passed to his seed. In addition, he lost his job for lying and, of course, his good standing in the community. Now, this explains why some feel that Gehazi sitting with King Jehoram when the Shunammite arrived asking to receive and reclaim her land, it must have happened before he received the curse of leprosy. It is unlikely that he would have been able to be in the presence of the king if he were cursed with this horrible condition. So there we have it. Five of Elisha's miracles were all fulfilled during Gehazi's lifetime and in his presence. Gehazi was directly involved in at least these five great miracles, yet he allowed the devil to overtake him and cause him to be destroyed. So let's look at some of the lessons that can be learned from this story related to Gehazi's life. Number one, lying, cheating, cheating. And covetousness will take you down, 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 no matter who you are. Number two, being around holy men of God does not necessarily make you a holy person. That also means that just because your mother is saved or your your father is saved, it doesn't mean that you're saved. It's definitely an individual affair. Lesson number three. When the consequences of your actions hit home, you're not the only one affected. Your loved ones can also be hit. Number four comes from Numbers 32 and 23, which says, be sure your sins will find you out. But that's the lessons that we learned from Gehazi's story. And the next podcast will be related to the great woman of Shunam, the Shunamite. Look for it and may God bless you all.